welcome to another episode on the world as we know it. I am your host Austin Taro and this week on TWWKI, we are going to get into Norse mythology, skinny superheroes, and young trouble. We are going to get started today with a discussion of the newly anticipated game called Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which ties together with Valhalla. One of the hottest video games that is sweeping the internet with excitement is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. For those of you who don't know, Assassin's Creed is a third-person stealth action adventure that was later developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft. Fair warning for those listening this far, spoiler alert for the series. (laughs) Using a machine called the Animus, players can observe one's ancestral assassins as they battle the Templars all the while exploring the main and underlying conflicts within a culture and how these two covert organizations shape their society. This was accomplished in past games using the character Desmond Miles, but Miles gets written off in the third game. The series shows major time periods in history, starting from the Egyptian pharaohs all the way through to the World War II generals with missions bringing the assassins face-to-face with Templars. There have been plenty of playthroughs from YouTubers and streamers that have loved the game. Over the years, I've played the first Assassin's Creed game with Altair, the Ezio trilogy, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and Assassin's Creed Unity. And all of them have successfully given an amazing story that would give me great memories. But there is one game out of this series that we need to discuss, and that is a new Assassin's Creed game that just had a trailer release on April 30th, and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, this game is giving me so much excitement because Vikings and the time period that they lived in was very intriguing and fun to gather knowledge of. A Viking, of course, <laughs> will be the main character of the game, and his name has been revealed as Ivor. Now, The game takes place in a period where the Vikings and Saxons were at war with each other, and that was the year 890 CE to 1100 CE. And that is really cool, especially since Ubisoft keeps on bringing in more ideas for different places in time. It brings out more life and more knowledge to a lot of the people that have never heard of this kind of culture before. They also leaked a little more information about it as well with the main character being a lone wolf throughout the entire story in the game. And just recently on May 13th, 2020, they have finally shown a first look at the in-game settlement that Ivor will be living in. And for those cat lovers out there, a cat is involved in this game as well. (laughs) And that gets me excited as well. And the way creative director Ashraf Ismail is said in a tweet, here is your home in England, which makes this assumption that they have given us a settlement to build on and on when playing throughout the game. I am going to play this game for sure and I cannot wait for this to come out. I also think that the game is going to deal a lot with the Norse mythology or have a part of the game because during the trailer, Ivor is heard saying Odin is with us to his fellow soldiers fighting by his side. Important or little, we surely do not know yet. And from this, we can clearly gather 
that the religion is going to play a huge role, maybe, to the game and its characters. Another thing is that they better have a multiplayer side in this game. Ubisoft has a strict rule on multiplayer, and that rule is there is no such thing as multiplayer in Assassin's Creed, period. I'm just kidding. There really is no rule, but you get where I'm coming from from this. <laughs> multiplayer started happening in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which was the second game that came out in the Ezio trilogy, and it was a complete success. Ubisoft kept rolling with it. In the Assassin's Creed multiplayer, it consisted of multiple game modes, from hunting everyone around you, to teaming up with a bunch of random players and working together to hunt or try to hide from the enemy team. It's extremely fun, and I still can't believe that a lot of people didn't blow this thing up when it started. <laughs> now, when Assassin's Creed Unity was released and had a brand new multiplayer mode that was quite better than the original, it got really bad reviews, and I was really ashamed that it did. The reason why was because of the glitches and the bugs in the multiplayer co-op system that made it seem like a terrible time. But to explain further on the multiplayer in Unity, it was a mission-based mode where you could play with up to four people to finish the task that was given to you. And in the mission, you could go and lockpick doors, climb up in random buildings, sneak inside and stealth kill guards, and use your utilities, which consist of smoke bombs, throwing knives, your hidden blade, or even a crossbow to fight off or sneak around the guards to get to the main accomplishment of the mission at hand. Because of these problems and how Ubisoft keeps coming up with these ideas of having so many Assassin's Creed games, it's easy to understand how it's kind of annoying. I mean, Valhalla is their 12th game in the series. That's a lot of story that they have come up with. And for so much change that has happened, there could be a lot of consequences when it comes to consistency. One of the other things that could be a problem, though, is that every Assassin's Creed game has the same plot. Basically, running around killing Templars is what they're known for. And why not give it a shot and try something new? Another thing is that they still need to change the combat system into better heights for the series. I see Valhalla as a new way of gaming in the series, but as well as a new way of looking into the series. And it would be a big win for Ubisoft because they definitely need something for 2020 and an even bigger Assassin's Creed game to make a great game at the tip of their collection. The game is coming onto PlayStation 4, PC, Xbox One, and even the new console series of the Xbox series and the PlayStation 5. So for all of you people waiting for the holiday consoles and don't know what game to get first, this one should be the first on your list. <laughs> and considering it's coming out the same holiday season as these new consoles are, I would definitely consider it. And for those of you that don't play games or associate with them at all, I encourage you to try them out. You should try out Assassin's Creed Valhalla as your first game that comes out in the holiday season of the year 2020. Getting into something very intriguing is the new cast for the upcoming movie, The Batman. One of the biggest decisions in the DC Universe has come to our front doorstep, and that is the announcement of which actor is the next to play Batman. And you guys have already probably heard it, but the one, the only, Robert Pattinson. 
If you're not familiar with him, he played one of the main characters, Edward Cullen, in the Twilight series. You know, the one with the vampires and werewolves and all the mystical creatures. <laughs> but let me explain who Batman is before we get into it. Batman is basically a fictional superhero that originated from the DC Comics and was sort of an undefeatable person. <laughs> Under the mask of the Night Crusader is somebody called Bruce Wayne, who is a rich American playboy, philanthropist, and owner of Wayne Enterprises. The city that he originates from is Gotham City, where he lives a couple miles away in a very secluded big mansion, and at night he fights crime in the streets. The creators of Batman, Bob Kane and Bill Finger, made a comic named Detective Comics in 1939, and that was Batman's first appearance ever in the DC Universe. Since then, a bunch of villains like Scarecrow, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Deathstroke, Bane, the Riddler, Two-Face, and the most famous villain of all time, the Joker, have been made to appear in a lot more comics, movies, shows, and games all revolting around Batman. But the biggest picture out of all of this is how many ideas and merchandising this popular superhero has all over the place. It's honestly astounding. Movies, video games, books, shows, t-shirts, you name it. I do feel like though in this generation that movies are a big thing with Batman because whenever a new Batman movie comes out, besides the Dark Knight trilogy with Christian Bale, there is always a brand new actor that plays him. People like George Clooney, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, and Val Kimmer played him on the big film movies. In a recent interview though with GQ magazine about what Pattinson said he was doing during the quarantine in preparation for Batman, he said, I'm just barely doing anything. And this was said while Zoe Kovitz is working out five days a week for her role as Catwoman. Compared to all the other Batmans that were played by other actors, we may have the very first skinny Batman to play this role. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's just an interesting fact to point out. Now, with Robert Pattinson playing as him, I'm just curious on who the next Batman will be. <laughs> like, there was so many before, I just wonder who's going to play the next role. The picture of the film is supposedly set as a younger version of the Batman when he was first starting out. Like the show Gotham, in a way. Since in that show, we follow around young Bruce Wayne, who's trying to find a purpose for himself in the city of Gotham. The casting of the roles for the movie are very surprising and intriguing actors that are playing these types of roles. We all know that Batman is being played by Robert Pattinson, but if you guys know his butler, Alfred, that character is being played by Andy Serkis. I know what you're thinking right now. What? <laughs> I mean, you were talking about a man who played amazing roles, such as Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, Caesar from The Planet of the Apes, and even Dr. Claw from Black Panther and Avengers Age of Ultron. And now he's going to be casted as the butler of Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne? Sounds good. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is also an important figure of the law throughout Gotham City and is another important character in this series that will be shown throughout the movie. And he will be played by Jeffrey Wright. And that actor played Beatty in the Hunger Games trilogy if you can't picture him when I said his name. <laughs> another great character that is going to be in this movie is the one and only Catwoman 
and the actor playing her is Zoe Kravitz. In the movie, we got a glimpse of what actors and villains are going to be inside this story. The two villains are Penguin and the Riddler. That's a very great choice in villains since we haven't seen them in big movies in a while. Last time we saw Penguin was in the Batman Returns movie in 1992 when Michael Keaton was playing Batman and Penguin was played by Danny DeVito. And the last time we saw the Riddler was in the 1995 film Batman Forever with Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, and Val Kimmer as Batman. But the actors that will play these astounding roles in the new film in 2021 will be Colin Farrell as Penguin and Paul Dano as the Riddler. The director and writer of the movie is going to be Rat Reeves, and I fully respect this decision and trust that he'll make a good movie. The reason being is that he made three popular movies in the past that got amazing reviews. Some examples would be Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes, which got reviews above 80% to 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and Cloverfield. So we see this as a repetitive cycle that has been going on since the early 1990s when they change every Batman throughout the string of movies for the character. Now, what do you, the audience, think about this new actor playing the loving role of Batman? There are a lot of mixed feelings towards Robert Pattinson playing the role of Batman, but out of those mixed feelings, most of them are not so good. <laughs> like, here are some tweets from some people that posted about the casting of the various actors. Ew, what are they thinking? Go sparkle someone else. He's a fa fantastic actor, but not good for Batman. And my personal favorite, LMAO, while great in Twilight, he isn't a good Batman. But a lot of people are giving Pattinson a chance, and I am too. Like, who knows? He honestly could play the role really well. If everyone is wondering what I am thinking about towards this movie right now, I am not going to say that it's not going to be bad, nor good. I am only going to say that I have to see firsthand before I can give it any type of review. Pattinson is a fantastic actor. He played one of the main characters in Twilight very well and made a great fame and profit from the whole trilogy. But unfortunately, he himself did not like the trilogy that much of Twilight. And this has shown that he put in tweets in Instagram that he just didn't like the trilogy that much. Let me tell you how I got into Batman. When I saw Batman for the first time, it was in 2009, and the movie was Batman and Robin as a VHS tape. I don't even think those exist anymore, <laughs> which was the one with George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger that even had Batgirl in it as well. And as a kid, it was pretty cool seeing Batman on the big screen, but now that I am more of the futuristic type of Batman with Christian Bale and Ben Affleck, that movie is history to me. <laughs> Not to mention the bad reviews it got. I looked it up and it got our 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. In the end though, that movie did give me an interest in Batman as a kid and I think a lot from it giving me a good childhood. Overall, I had an experience learning about the new Batman movie in its entirety from the new cast all the way to the brand new storyline. But for some advice about the movie, it would not hurt to go see it in theaters because it is a brand new kind of Batman and who knows it could be a great Batman movie overall moving on to a more serious matter is the young trouble that these college and high school kids are dealing with during this rough time in quarantine 
A ton of people have been affected by the coronavirus outbreak and the quarantine that is involved. But the main affiliates of this group that has been affected the most is a young Generation Z that will be hit the hardest. Generation Z, or the Millennial Demographic Cohort, is used to determine the age range and type of people that fit in this sort of category. So, it's most of the people that are born between the ages of 1996 through the present that fit under the list of Generation Z, and the early 1990s to the 2010s that fit under the Millennial list. I actually fit those years since I was born in the 1990s, so I don't know what's going to happen to me soon <laughs> during this whole thing. But for the most part, the college and high school kids out there currently are getting hit hard since they cannot find jobs or don't feel safe going to school during this pandemic. A report from CNN interviewed a person named Will Merle with his experience and he has something to say about this. Thus, describing his situation as an unnecessary risk, to describe his situation further though, he was trying to finish his exams for a college in London during the summer and look for a job to have money during school. But since the outbreak took place and the quarantine was set, most of the jobs that he was looking for, which were in supermarket or retail positions, were closed. Along with that were his exams that were canceled as well, leaving him to live with his parents for the ongoing months. This, I know, took a major punch to the gut since he must have waited so long for his dream school. Probably his dream school, I bet. But like I said before, Generation Z are not the only people that are getting affected by the situation. Millennials are also getting it hard too. As for the generations, including Generation X, Baby Boomers, and the Silent Generation. They are dealing with this huge crisis as well, but in a whole different way. These generations make up the ages from 42 all the way to the age limit of 92 and the way they are getting it the worst is due to their health problems according to the cdc most of the people that are getting affected and dealing with the virus's worst lethality are these age groups and not only that but the world is now in a serious economic crisis where it's so bad that it has passed the great recession crisis in the late 2000s the great recession was a time of great sorrow a sharp decline of the economy occurred and lasted for two years as the stock market had a rate of pure satisfaction to a dramatic turning point in the market. So in the Generation Z outlook, it's not going to look good for them in the future to come with these job layoffs and reduces in payments. This is going to seriously ruin their lives in the long run when it comes to job hunting and maintaining a job at all. Even the United Kingdom are taking tremendous losses as well with the economy. Their economy could shrink to 14% this year, and the unemployment rate could skyrocket 9% as well. According to the calculation from the Resolution Foundation, a rate of 27% of unemployment from 18 to 24 years, a rate of 27% of unemployment from 18 to 24 years old went up from its original 10% in the UK which adds up to a total of 640,000 people adding on to the spectrum of unemployment. Those numbers are absolutely insane, especially just in one small country like itself. According to the reports in the United States from the Bureau of Labor Studies, there was a loss of over 20.5 million jobs just in April alone. 
the type of jobs that are cutting off their workers and going bankrupt are the restaurants, retail stores, hotels, and even childcare businesses. The Pew Research Center took a calculated percentage of the younger works that are in those various fields in the workforce and is a whopping 24%. And those 24% are at the high risk factor that they are at risk of being shut down and disbanded from the jobs. Connection is really important. And these Gen Z teens are making sure that they do that one thing with social media as their source of getting rid of their boredom. In a recent study Pew Research Center made, social media activity has gone up in the past couple months. This, this was the chart of the number of teens from ages 13 to 17 and their use of the different type of social medias out there. 85% said they use YouTube, 72% use Instagram, 69% use Snapchat, 51% use Facebook, 32% use Twitter, and all the rest, Tumblr and Reddit, are below 10%. And some of the teens answer questions about their emotions while on social media, whether they're positive or negative with coping in the crisis at hand. In the research, Pews performed, 31% of the teens that are affected by their own age has been positive. 24% have said it's most been negative, and while 45% say it's been neither positive or negative, which are actually really good results. That's great results. My life dealing with this stay-at-home order has been sort of a bummer. As I said in my last episode about my job closing down, that's only one of the downsides in my life right now. The other is that I have barely been receiving money from my job or any other source of income. Luckily, my job has started a fundraiser to support all of its employees that still work there, and that was really successful in giving us more time and money to support ourselves. And the stimulus bill that Congress passed about a month ago was a big help to paying bills and getting more supplies for the upcoming months. But recently, I have not been getting money over the course of three weeks, and my car insurance is coming up in less than a month, and I hope this next stimulus check that comes in will help me with overcoming the cost of this bill. Speaking of stimulus checks, just recently, a new bill called the HEROES Act just got passed by the House of Representatives on May 16, 2020. And the main description of this is that it will give a relief to most of the businesses so they can offer payroll to their employees, more coronavirus testing, and to give one more round of stimulus checks that will be given to the people. Only people that have filed forms those are tax information forms, on 2018 or 2019, marked down independent or dependent, and is making less than $75,000 a year, will be given that full amount of the $1,200 that will be issued. I tried looking for more jobs as well to try to earn some more money during this quarantine, but it has been harder since the recruitment processes for some jobs have been delayed or some are not hiring at the moment. It has been a struggle. <laughs> Believe me, it really has been a struggle throughout these couple of months. But we have been living and holding all our own and trying to accomplish survival of this virus. Well, everyone, thank you for joining me for another episode on The World As We Know It. If you guys want to join my community, please go ahead and check out my Facebook page titled The World As We Know It. And for more updates on the show, you can go ahead and follow me on my Instagram, Austin underscore underscore tarot 
That is Austin underscore underscore T-A-R-O. And I upload my episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Podbean every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time now, as well as my website on Podbean, which you can find in the description below this podcast. Thank you, everyone. I'll talk to you next week. And as always, have a great day.